are talking today about uh, letting God lead. Shouldn't be a long message, but an important point. Uh, it's very important for us that we continually uh, challenge ourselves to just allow God to really lead our lives and our church in every way. And it's very simple for us to kind of take some of the reins of leadership to kind of slide in the driver's seat uh, now and then in our lives. But the best thing for us is to really let God lead every aspect of our lives. And so we're going to talk a bit that, about that today. Now, when it comes to leadership in general, there's sort of this saying that uh, a lot of leaders talk about, and that is that, that everything rises and falls on leadership. And that is that when you see something going well, like an organization or a business or whatever, or a church, usually it's because it's being led well. If something's falling apart and crashing, usually it's because it's not being led well. So if we want to have the best lives, then we need the best leader, and that is Jesus. Uh, we Usually when things are going well, we'll look to leaders. Like when things are falling apart in the country, we look at the government and say, you know, what are our leaders doing? Or, you know, if the economy is really good and yet a business is really struggling, we'll look to the manager or the owner and say, what are you doing? You're our leaders. Or even in the church world, I mean, if things are crumbling in the church, we, we look to the pastor and the elders and say, what are you guys doing? Again, we look to leaders, and leaders make the difference between often success and failure. So the question is, who is leading your life? I mean, often when, again, a country is falling apart, we look to leaders. A business is falling apart, we look to leaders. And it's the same with our own lives. When things are falling apart in our own lives and we're freaking out and full of anxiety and we can't get a handle on things and we're just, you know, frustrated and angry and everything but the fruits of the Spirit, you need to look to who is leading your life. And often what happens is we find that when we are not doing well, it's because we have taken the reins of leadership rather than letting the real, true, good leader lead our lives. And a few different things that we can um, uh, allow to lead our lives. And, uh, and one of those things is we can let other humans lead us. So people around us, or that might even be ourselves. But the problem with allowing other people to lead your life, or even yourself to lead your life, is that, that uh, we don't know everything. I mean, if you want someone to, to lead you, you want someone who is very knowledgeable. And, and we are very thankful for a lot of the leaders God has put in place in various places, like the medical field or science or, you know, the scholarly field. And we, we look to those leaders, and that's a good thing. But even the smartest people don't know everything. And if you were to put, make it a circle, and maybe the circle housed, like, all knowledge, like, Everything that's possible to know of the entire universe. If you took the smartest person on this planet, I mean, the amount of knowledge they would have probably wouldn't even show up. But so I'll just do a simple line, right? And even if you took a room like this and you took all the smartest people in the world and you gathered them together because you really want your life led well, I mean, we might go to maybe this much knowledge in the entire universe. But, I mean, there are so many things we don't know. I mean, there's so many aspects even about the human body that we can't figure out. I mean, scientists say about space that they don't even know what makes up 95% of space. Like dark energy, dark matter, or whatever they talk about, right? I mean, they're, they're, I mean, you can even think about all the things that we don't know that we don't know we don't know about, right? I mean, there, there's just so much we don't know. 
And this is the problem with allowing us to lead or allowing others to lead our lives because we are allowing leaders who are very limited in, in knowledge to make major decisions for us. And this is where, of course, we need God because God has 100% knowledge. All those things that we don't know, that we don't know, that we don't know about, he knows about perfectly, right? He's got 100% knowledge, not 99, not 98, 96, 100%. And so when we're struggling with life and issues and where to go, yes, we look to human leaders, and God has put them in place for good reasons. It's good to have wise and godly counsel, but our ultimate leader has to be God because he knows everything. And the uh, Bible has a few things to say about that. 1 John 3.20 is pretty simple. God, he knows everything. Or Psalm 147, great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Psalm 139 says, Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. I mean, our God doesn't just know everything, but he even knows the future. I mean, he knows what's happening tomorrow in your life. He knows what's happening a week down the road. He knows the answer to whatever you're struggling with today. Whatever you're wrestling with, whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're freaking out about, God has perfect knowledge, not only about the future, but about your situation. So there's just simply no better leader than, than God. The second issue with human leaders uh, are that we are sinful. Again, whether we try to lead our own lives or allow others to lead our lives, that we need to understand we're sinful. First uh, John 1 says, if we claimed we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And, and I think we, we know we're all sinners. I mean, we don't ha always have good, loving thoughts towards people. Sometimes we think things we shouldn't and do things we shouldn't do, and there are a lot of things we should do that we're not doing. I mean, we're, we're sinful. And even when we try to lead our lives well or we try to lead, lead others' lives, I mean, sometimes even our best intentions have mixed motives. And sometimes you can hire someone to really give you counsel or how you lead them live. And I mean, but every human being is sinful. But there is one leader who is not. There is one leader who is perfect in every single way. And of course, that's God. Uh, Psalm 18 says, God's way is perfect. Deuteronomy 32 says, he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he? And so, not only does God have perfect knowledge, but he is perfect in his ways. I mean, if you need perfect wisdom, perfect help, a perfect leader for your life, it's not found in other people. It's not found in trying to lead your own life. It's found in surrendering to God and really allowing him to lead. The third thing is that human leaders are weak. Uh, Psalm 103 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers we bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been there. I mean, the fact is that we are weak a lot of times. I mean, we have power in the Holy Spirit, and, and there are some things that we, we're each strong in as God pours out gifts upon you. But even the best of us, there's a lot of things that we can't do. 
I mean, I look out at some people's lives and, and I wish I could just fix their marriage problems or I wish I could just touch them and they'd just be healed every time. I look at issues in my own life and I wish I were stronger in certain cases and I wish that all my problems, I could just fix it like that. I mean, we, we, we can't do those things. We are not all powerful. And when you step into the leadership seat of your own life, you've got to realize that you're, you're weak. You're allowing someone who is weak to lead your life. When you allow others to lead your life, again, you're allowing someone who is weak to lead your life. But there's only one who is strong. One who never fails. One who knows everything. And that is, and that is God. Jeremiah 32, 17 says... Uh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. And by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Or what Job said, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. There is nothing that can get in the way of God. There is no situation in your life where God looks at it and says, you know, that's too hard for me. 100% knowledgeable, 100% strong, 100% perfect in, in every way. And so we need, just need to live with this. Why do we let God lead? Why do we surrender to him? Because he is the perfect leader. Now, sometimes people don't look to human leaders. I mean, sometimes people look to non-human leaders to lead their lives. I mean, some people might look to, to nature to maybe lead their lives, or they look to money or to, to power, success. So every decision they make, who is leading their life, it, it might be money. It's always about, I, I need to make more money. Uh, just everything is led, their whole life is led by, by the desire to make more money or for success or whatever that non-human leader is. And the problem with a non-human leader is, is that a non-human leader is not relational, is not personable. I mean, the thing that is so strong in us as humans is love. I mean, our highest moments in life are often surrounded with, with loving, beautiful moments. And our most painful moments in life are often when love is broken, I mean, there's no stronger bond, there's no stronger desire or emotion than love. And, and why would you have an object, a, a distant, unrelational object, lead your life when your most powerful desires are about love? I mean, your leader must be able to help you love better. Your leader must be able to help you love others better because that is so wired in us. I mean, we are, we are relational beings. And there is one leader who is so loving. And there is one leader who can help us grow and change in our love. And of course, that is God. I mean, the very definition of God in 1 John 4, 8 is that, that God is love. Or Isaiah 62, it says, As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, show, so shall your God rejoice over you. That God is, is loving us. He rejoices over over us or in john 17 jesus is praying he says you father love them that's us even as you loved me in other the same love that god the father has for jesus in that relationship is the same love that god the father has for us god is perfectly loving 
And by the way, this is one of the ways that we can help people in, in this area as a lot of people are kind of wrestling, like, you know, who is God? What is God? You know, you might even think this, well, okay, I, I understand that God needs to be my leader, but what God? I mean, there's lots of gods out there, right? I mean, Hinduism has hundreds of gods, and there's all these gods out there. I mean, what God should I have lead my life? There's a lot of things we can talk about, but I, I think part of the, the, the equation, the answer has to do again with love. I mean, we are loving beings. We desire to love others. We desire to be loved. That God, if he has created us, somehow has put this love in us, which means that God must be an incredibly loving being. And I love what Dr. Greg Mitchell said about love and God. He said this, love is a perfect way to evaluate deities. If gods are distant, singular, or sim uh, simple, simply a force, they lack the warmth of love, and they can't teach us something they aren't. If they are self-serving, brutal, mute, non-sacrificial, they too are disqualified. If they demand payment for blessing, move on. Why trust someone like that? It doesn't matter what we grew up believing or what is convenient to believe. Have courage to find a God that captures the fullness of love. And here's the shocking truth. The benchmark of love narrows down the field to just one, Jesus Christ. There is just one God who truly loves, who has truly come to rescue us, who is truly the answer to life that we really need. I mean, Jesus came, it said in Philippians 2, it says that he came and was born as a human. It talks about in Colossians 2 that for in him all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. That Jesus, the Bible says, is fully God. That God came down and poured himself into human flesh, lived among us. He died on a cross, taking all of our sin, shame, and guilt, taking the punishment that we deserve. And he rises from the dead, filling us with new life and new power. And he loves us. I mean, there is no God like that. There is no other God coming for us except for Jesus, and he did. And so we look to Jesus, we love Jesus, and he is the best leader possible. Now, back to this. God is 100% powerful, we talked about that, and he's 100% loving. There's a lot of attributes of God, but I think if you were to pile them all together, you would pile them back into these two things, that God is love and God is power. And we might stick holiness in there too, but it's wrapped up, I think, he loves through his holiness. And here's what it comes down to when it comes to allowing God lead our lives. Okay, here's sort of the point of all this. We must allow God to lead our lives because he is 100% powerful and 100% loving. Whenever we begin to doubt that God is 100% powerful or 100% loving, that is when we begin to take the reins away from God. Whenever we think, well, maybe God is just 90% loving, it doesn't, maybe he just doesn't have my best interest in mind in this situation, so I better take the reins. Or maybe God is only 95% all-powerful, and that's why he's not dealing with the situation. Because God's not coming through, I need to take the leadership over, and i got to lead my life in this situation. Whenever you begin to doubt his power or love is when you push him out of leadership. In fact, every time I believe that when we sin, 
it is because we have doubted either his power or love. And because we've doubted that he is really for us or really loves us, we take the rein and we say, well, I've got to take this on my own. I'm going to do it my way because I don't think, God, you have my best interest in mind. I don't think you actually love me here because if you did, you'd be saying something different, right? Or, or whatever it might. An example would be in the Old Testament when, uh, if you remember, the Babylonians came in and they uh, destroyed Jerusalem. They removed most of uh, the Judeans out of the land and there was just a small remnant left. And the king of Babylon put uh, in charge a man by the name of Gedaliah. And he had a little crew that, that helped lead uh, the little nation of, of Judea. But some locals came and killed Gedaliah and killed all of his men. So the locals started freaking out. Someone killed the leader. That means the king of Babylon is going to come back and he's going to kill us all. They were freaking out. They were scared. They were going to say, we've got to run to Egypt. But they stopped and said, well, maybe first we should ask God what to do. After all, he's supposed to be our leader. So they called Jeremiah the prophet and said, you know, I really think we should go to Jeremiah because the king of Babylon is going to kill us all. But just find out what God says. And so Jeremiah goes. He spends a period of 10 days in prayer. At the end of 10 days, God answers and says this to the people. He says, do not be afraid of the king of Babylon whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him because I will be with you to save you and to rescue you from his power. I, the Lord, affirm it. I have compassion on you so that he in turn will have mercy on you. I am all powerful. You don't need to fear the king of Babylon. I love you because I have compassion on you and care about you. God was reminding them, I'm 100% powerful and 100% loving. But you know what they did? Same thing we do sometimes. Well, maybe God isn't all powerful. Maybe God isn't all loving. Maybe he doesn't have my best interest in mind. Maybe, maybe, and you know what they did? They decide to run to Egypt, and they end up dying there because they took the reins of their own life and said, we're leaving here. I'm not letting God because I don't think he's all powerful and all loving, so we're going to Egypt. And we do that. Whenever we begin to doubt that God is all powerful or God is all loving is when we fall into sin. It's when we, when we, we take the reins of leadership. And so... I mean, this could look like uh, a lot of different things in our lives, but it might be, look, say you're in business, and, and your family and yourself, you're struggling financially, and you've been waiting on God to come through. God, you need to help us financially. You need to help us financially, and then you have this business deal coming up, and you think, you know, if I just lie a little bit about this business deal, I'm going to make so much more money, and then God says, you're not to lie. You're to love people. You're to care about them. You're to honor them. You are not to lie, but you have this struggle like, but I could get more money. And God says, I'm 100% powerful. I'm 100% loving. I've got your back. You're okay. Just be faithful. But, and so you're struggling. Is he really all powerful? Is he really going to be able to help me financially when I'm faithful? Does he really love me? Because it doesn't seem like, and you wrestle. And the moment you think that he is not all powerful, the moment you think that he is not all loving, you take the, you'll take the reins of leadership, you'll kick him out, and you say, I'm going to go my own way, and it will always end up hurting you in the end. It might be someone hurts you, He's, someone says something nasty against you, and you just get all bitter, and you want revenge, and God says, don't take out revenge. Wash away your bitterness. Pray for those who persecute you, and all of a sudden, you're in this wrestling match. 
Do you really believe that God loves you? Do you really believe in the identity God has given you, that you are not a lesser person because this person said something about you? Do you really believe that God is all-powerful and in the end is going to make all things right? The moment you doubt his power or his love is the moment you will lash out in bitterness or revenge. Or we could say maybe you're just having a bum day and you're like, I'm just the worst person. God can't use me, you know. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Again, you're, you're doubting what God has said about you. When God says, I love you, and you are my child, you are my, my daughter, I have given you a, a purpose and a destiny, I've given you all this, and in the moment you can choose to trust that God is all loving, or you can choose to doubt him. And we can go on and on and on, but, but we must be firm in the fact that God is 100% powerful and 100% loving. And the more we hold on to those things, the more it's going to allow Jesus to lead. And the more you allow Jesus to lead, you, you're just going to have more amazing experiences in your life. You're going to see God moving in more miraculous ways. If those people would have chosen to stay in Judea, they would have seen God come through. And they would be amazed at the power of God. But they ended up going to Egypt and not seeing God because they chose to lead their own lives. Whenever we take the leadership, we're, we're just basically robbing ourselves of seeing what God can do. I mean, there's just nothing more exciting when God just answers your prayer in a miraculous way. I mean, that gives me just such a thrill. In fact, Jesus talked about that. He says, ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. It's when we see God doing miracles and doing these amazing things that just increases our joy. But if you never let God do that, you're going to miss out. There's one more story uh, from the Old Testament here, and that is the story of Jehoshaphat, who um, had a number of nations that were coming to attack his kingdom. They were totally outnumbered, and so again, they go to God, and they pray, God, what should we do here? They're scared. And the, the Spirit falls upon a prophet, and this prophet said, Pay attention, all you people of Judah, residents of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says to you. Don't be afraid, and don't panic because of this huge army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march against them as they come out of the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the ravine in front of the desert of Jeruel, or whatever, Jeruel. <coughs> You will not fight in this battle. Take your position. Stand and watch the Lord deliver you. O Judah and Jerusalem, don't be afraid and don't panic. Tomorrow, march out towards them. The Lord is with you. Again, God is saying, you're going to be okay. Because I'm all powerful and I'm all loving. So again, these people are faced with a choice. Do I believe that or not? Do I believe that or not? Just whenever we are faced with any kind of struggle in our lives, we're faced with the same decision. Do I believe that God is all-powerful and all-loving? The moment you doubt it, you will take the reins. You're going to miss out on what, seeing what God can do. These people are vastly outnumbered. The thing that would make the most sense would be for them to run for their lives. Do you know what they do? See, we're going to believe you. We're going to believe you. And so the next day, they march out towards this huge battle that's going to take place where all these countries have gathered together. In fact, they have so much faith 
They put the worship band in front of the army. And they're all singing to Jesus as they're marching, or to God, as, as they're mar- marching out to this battlefield. And when they get there, they find out the battle was totally already done. Because God calls all these nations to turn against each other and, and this amazing victory. Could you imagine the praise? I've seen God come through like that. It's because they trusted him. Whenever you take the reins of leadership in your own life, you are only hurting yourself because you're going to end up doing something that is not perfect, good, and and awesome, but you're also going to miss out on seeing what God can do. And so may we be these people who just radically believe that God is all-powerful and radically believe that he is all-loving and just really allow him to rest, uh, to lead us. And whenever we just wrestle, just to say, you know, God, I'm going to surrender. Because I know I don't know everything. I know I'm not all loving. I know I am weak. But I know you are strong. So God, may you lead. And and a lot of times we just walk out in the dark. But you know what God sees? You might feel right now in your life that you're just walking through dark. You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You might even be just struggling a little bit. God, do you really love me? Are you really all powerful? But you know, God sees the big picture. It says in uh, Isaiah, for our last verse here, it says, My deeds are not like your deeds, for just as the sky is higher than the earth, so my deeds are superior to your deeds, and my plans superior to your plans. Sometimes what God is doing and leading us does not make sense. But we still must trust that he's all-loving and all-powerful. He's leading us towards love. I mean, sometimes you take, like when you take a little kid in to get their little shots, you know, they freak out, mom, dad, what are you doing to me? This is the worst thing. You don't love me. And, and yet we're loving them. We take a kid to the dentist, right? The kid does not understand what is happening, but actually we are loving those kids by taking them to the dentist because we're getting their teeth fixed, right? But they think it's the worst thing. And sometimes it's like that. It's like, God, what are you doing? This doesn't make any sense. And God said, I'm loving you. I'm loving you. Just trust in my love and trust in my power. Just let me lead. I mean, what area in your life today are you just trying to grab the reins back from God? And just get to a place where you can just surrender. There's nothing more beautiful than a people, a church, an individual who's just surrendered to God, to his power into his love. And that's when you begin to see miracles flow. That's when you see God begin to do amazing things. That's when you see a church begin to change and just thrilled for what God is doing. God's not going to do miracles unless you step into a place that allows him to do a miracle. We trust him, we love him. Let's stand as we close. Father, we come before you and, uh, first of all, confess the sin God, of trying to lead our own lives or allowing others to lead our own lives or an object to lead our lives. God, we confess that as sin. God, we confess that as, as something that is not best for us. God, we acknowledge you as the leader of our lives. God, we reaffirm again that you are 100% loving, not 99, 100%. And you are 100% powerful, not 99%, but 100% powerful. 
And God, in those situations that we're struggling with today in our own lives, God, would you pour out upon us right now in Jesus' name a supernatural faith to trust you. God, to drop the reins in your hands, to, to get out of the driver's seat and put you at the wheel. God, would you give us the faith we need? Would you help us to trust you? Because God, we know you are faithful. We know you can do everything. We know, God, that you love us. So God, I pray for that power upon us as a church. God, I pray that you would help us to live a surrendered life. I pray, God, that you might increase our joy as we see your faithfulness, God, through these difficult situations. And God, we thank you for the, your love for us. We thank you for forgiving our sin. We thank you, Father, for filling us with new life and new power. And so, God, as we go from here, help us to live in that new power. God, help to, us to live, God, in incredible ways as we love people and love you this week. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.